Our Torah portion this week, Vayetze, opens with Jacob running away from Esau. He rests for the night and dreams of a ladder going up to heaven, and he awakens and declares, God was in this place, and I did not know it. He then goes to a well to find a bride or to meet a nice woman, and unlike the other matchmaker well stories, as I call them in the Bible, the well often serves as a single bar uh, for in ancient times and for the Bible. Jacob impresses all the girls and all the women gathered there by single-handedly removing a stone from the well. They, of course, I guess, ooh and ah in wonder. He falls in love with Rachel, but Laban, as I'm sure everyone knows, tricks him and he marries Leah, first the older sister, to Rachel. I still find it baffling, to be very honest, that he does not realize he is sleeping with the wrong woman until morning, or that she does not say anything. The rabbis say, in essence, in response to that question, because I think they thought the same question, what goes around comes around. In other words, you tricked your father, and so Jacob, you are similarly fooled. Midah, keneged midah, what goes around comes around. Jacob then decides to run away from Laban after he is married to both sisters. But Rachel, and this is the most curious story, and I want to focus on this, Rachel steals the family idol. Laban then comes running after them, looking for his precious idol. But Rachel, Rachel sits on it, declaring that she is at that time, and he can't come near her. And so these are the stories in our Torah. I know it is not an exaggeration. Now the rabbis, you can imagine, there's a lot of discussion among the rabbis. What's Rachel doing with an idol? I thought we were monotheists. What, this, we're supposed to be against idolatry. The rabbis are very sympathetic to Rachel. They apologize for her actions. They argue that she is protecting her father from committing idolatry. That's why she took it. I am, however, sympathetic to her for different reasons. She is married to a dreamer. Life with Jacob must be unsettling. Jacob lives in the present and Rachel wants to hold on to the past. And I have been thinking about this tension between the present and the past. How do we live in the present while holding on to the past? For those of you, most especially those who are parents or grandparents to teenagers, this question is one way of unpacking the struggles between parents and their teenage children. Part of the definition of a teenager, I think, is one who lives in the present. Look at how quickly they adapt to technology and so easily master all of these apps. Try telling them that they are mistaken or that you have experienced some of the same things that they are facing. They see themselves as the first to experience whatever it is they are experiencing or doing. They are informed only by the present and often seem to our eyes to ignore the past. And this is part of the reason 
why it is so hard to talk to them about customs and traditions, or to say things like, this is the way Jews have always done things. By contrast, this week we marked Kristallnacht on Tuesday and Veterans Day yesterday. And these are important days that mark the tragedies and sacrifices of the past. But I worry that we are sometimes in danger of constantly looking towards the past and constantly looking back. Only remembering the past might make us see these past evils and problems everywhere in the present. We see all of yesterday's problems as if they are today's problems. But if we don't remember, we will, of course, as the saying goes, repeat the same mistakes. We repeat the very same mistakes and errors of history. Anti-Semitism, as we all know, has found new life and sustenance in our own day. And so we must retell these stories of 1938 and beyond. We must recall the sacrifices of the soldiers who fought in our country's far too many wars. But how do we move forward while still remembering and holding on to the past? The past can, of course, overwhelm the present and hold the future captive. The present with no connections to the past in history becomes directionless. You then wander forever. The only answer, if we are to take a lesson from this week's Torah portion, is to take a little bit of Rachel and a little bit of Jacob. Rachel stole the idols because it was comforting and reassuring. But if Jacob held on to these idols, if he had stayed in his father's house, he never, never would have moved forward. He never would have run, and he never would have dreamed. Jacob would never have awakened and said, God was in this place, and I did not know it. I sympathize with Rachel, but I understand that Jacob's impulse is the one that will better guarantee our future. It is this impulse that will carry us forward. It is our teenagers and our youth, despite all their attitude and discomfort with history, who will guarantee our future. They are the ones who have better internalized the spirit of Jacob. I just wish sometimes they would not be so quick to throw out the precious heirlooms of their parents and grandparents. May we be like Jacob and Rachel. Kenyi Hiratsan. May it be God's will.